0: Hi and welcome to the n Fitness Podcast with me, Nikki Perry. My mission is to empower and equip you to live a healthier and happier life with the knowledge and skills behind you to make well-informed decisions that align with your own values and goals. Why not check out my website at nprooffitness.co.uk for information on the wide variety of services I offer to help people succeed on their journey or if you just want some unbiased, practical information that you can apply to your life today, then click follow on this podcast and stay up to date with my latest episodes. And while there, please share the podcast to your friends and family, so I can succeed in my mission to help as many people as possible have a really healthy relationship with their own body and mind. And now it's time to start our episode. thanks for tuning in to today's episode. So um, today's is going to be our question and answer session from my group of online coaching clients that are aiming primarily for fat loss, but also kind of just general health improvements. But also I'm going to pick up a couple of common themes that have been running through the group this week, as well as kind of the wider group of clients that I see in classes every week as well. So obviously I'm recording this at the start of December so we are very much leading into kind of festivities and we have our own um, work Christmas party on Saturday with all a load of customers that come to my classes which was amazing and I had lots of really good conversations there as well in regards to how people are approaching Christmas. And what was the most loveliest thing about that evening, Um, obviously apart from all the fun and games, was seeing several of my online coaching clients that had just recently finished their eight-week programme with me, who were very fearful originally of kind of going to social events and how that is going to impact their progress, and seeing them really enjoying themselves, eating lots of food, drinking lots of drinks that they wanted, but feeling in control because they're choosing the occasions that they want to indulge, they're choosing the occasions where actually it's not important enough to them and they're quite happy to maybe say no to some stuff but they're doing it in a really nice controlled way, a very mindful way and a very conscious way so that they go into the evening kind of already knowing kind of what they're going to do and what they're going to get out of it hopefully, they're not waking up their regrets the day after. Um, so that was really really nice to see in kind of real life. It panning out, which was awesome. So anyway, I am going to crack on with the first, and I say first, and only, it's, the, it's the only question that's been posed this week by my clients. Um, but there are some common themes that have come up that I've kind of, I'm going to discuss about. So the first question we are going to talk about is all in regards to protein. And this client has asked, is there a thing as too much protein? Um, because they've actually found that from the start of their journey, they were really struggling to get their protein intake in. And now they're actually quite often going over their protein target every week. So that's kind of the background to this question. And the easy option and the easy answer to is no. There's, there's not really a thing as so much protein. You'd have to be eating an extremely amount, high amount of protein for anything too negative to happen. Um, I said there are some very... I say loose links. There are some links to kidney problems, but the the kidney problems seem to be more if people have already got kidney issues that a high amount of protein in their diet with a certain amount of amino acids in it can make it worse. There doesn't seem to be any direct correlation the other way in regards to eating too much protein can cause you to have kidney problems. Um, And that's generally the only thing that's kind of rattled around as a bit of a myth in regards to that's what protein can do. Um, protein also isn't going to make you suddenly bulky. It's not some magic ingredient that's just going to make you gain as a bulky muscle. So you don't need to be worried about overconsuming like that. It's purely providing your body with the amino acids it needs to build tissue, to build skin, to build muscle, to help build bones stronger. So it's just kind of giving itself more what we like to often refer to like the building blocks. Now, when we're talking about eating lot of protein the things that might get affected is the impact of that level of protein against other things obviously you're eating a lot of protein while trying to stick to a set level of calories the more protein you're eating the less of something else you are eating so you might find that you're not getting in some other types of food groups that might be beneficial to your body so one of the issues that sometimes people have is with digestion, and they often can connect or will connect problems with digestion, um, and uh, maybe constipation because of having too much protein. But it's normally more related to that than having less fiber. So, again, they're getting the calories in from a lean protein rather than fibrous foods, vegetables, pulses, beans, um, whole grains, all those things. So you just need to be mindful that you're not eating so much protein that is negatively affecting something else but also see it's a bit of an average so you might have a couple of quite really high protein days but then actually you might have some lower protein days and again if that's the case and you're balancing out kind of the types of food groups you're eating throughout that whole kind of average week period you don't need to worry about it when we're looking at the amount of protein to eat, most of my clients I've set, is the target is roughly about one and a half times, so sorry, let me get my words out here, 1.5 grams of protein to a kilo of body weight. So if they were 70 kilos of body weight, their target is 1.5 times that, so 105 kilos of body weight, for example. But that is a really rough range and there's so much evidence well, research that's done on protein intake and kind of the impact of it. And it varies massively. So the base recommended daily intake of protein is 0.8 grams per kilo of body weight. So let's try and do my maths. <laughs> I'm going to do it simple. So if you weighed, let's say, 100 kilograms, then 80 grams of protein a day would suffice. Um, but that is more just to keep your body in the shape it is. So your body will naturally break down tissue and your body needs to rebuild that tissue every day. And the calculations come out that 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight will just about cover enough to allow your body to rebuild. But as soon as that's for someone very sedentary, as soon as you have a more of an active lifestyle, either through work or through hobbies or through exercise, um, the more protein you're going to need, because any type of physical activity is going to cause more damage to muscle fiber. It's going to create more of a stimulus to grow muscle, to grow bones stronger. And to grow them stronger under that stimulus, needs more protein, which is when we then start looking at more like 1.5 grams to 1.8 grams of protein per kilo body weight. But then you can keep going up. So for those that do a lot of strength training, Um, particularly like those that run quite like a bodybuilder-style training program, they can eat up to 3.5 grams of protein for every kilo of body weight. That is a lot of protein, and it is a lot of calories alongside of it. So there really is a big spectrum. So let's say this client's had a protein target of, let's say, about 120 grams of protein a day, and they're sometimes sitting now 130, 140 grams. That is absolutely fine you are still within that probably 1.8 grams to 2 grams of protein um, per kilo of body weight. So you're, you're well within regions. It's just a target. And to be honest, i set the targets a little bit lower than what I'd optimally want them because actually for most people starting out that haven't ever looked at their protein intake before, even trying to get 1.5 grams per kilo of body weight can seem like a massive change into their eating habits. Um, but as the weeks and the months go by and you start kind of, that seems more normal and regular to you, you could definitely try to push it a little bit more. That said, the one thing to consider, and there is, as I said, a lot of evidence that shows this well, is how much um, protein your body can sympathise. So basically like break down and use at any time. And it's based on the kind of size of your intestines and your size of your intestine should be quite related to your body weight um, on average. But obviously there's not gonna be a direct correlation. There will be some things that impact your size of your body weight compared to your size of your intestines but it's deemed about 25 to 30 grams of protein can be broken down in one go which is why most kind of sources of protein especially if you're looking at kind of um more processed stuff so uh, things like whey protein and protein yogurts and protein bars and all this stuff they all sit around the 20 to 20, 20, 25, maybe 30 grams of protein mark per serving, because that's what your body can optimally consume. So if you are trying to get 120 grams of protein in into your day, there is no point trying to consume that in across just two meals. So if you get 60 grams of protein every meal, your body is actually going to only synthesize about half of that. So actually your intake of protein is a lot less than what you think about which is why with protein, we want to try and get a protein source into every single meal throughout the day. So probably kind of three main meals plus one or two snacks. So you're spreading your protein target equally across the day. So your body can break down and synthesise that protein um, optimally rather than trying to ram it all into one meal and actually your body not being able to utilize a lot of the protein you're eating. Hope that makes sense um, if you 've got any questions, let me know okay, so the things that I really wanted to cover in this um, podcast, especially connected to christmas, but not just christmas it 's kind of come up as a social events thing, and sometimes uh, I think that when you 've been on a journey for a long time, so if you 've been in the dieting phase and you 've been trying to make some positive choices, you can get to a stage where you just feel like the breaks are going on a bit and you 're losing focus a bit and maybe external influences are negatively impacting your choices a bit and a lot of this comes down to control so several of my clients have discussed um how they've struggled with feeling in control especially around festive time whether it's pressures time wise or pressures through social events not having control in regards to what they're eating and what they're drinking and maybe there's a lot of family get-togethers and stuff going on and the implications of that might be they can't do their normal walks um, or they haven't got time to do their normal food prep or they haven't been able to get to the shops or sometimes coming up to the end of the year there's big pressures in regards to work targets and there's this general sense of as I said loss of control and that can spiral really really quickly into negative feelings and a lot more negative choices. So what I want to talk about here is just kind of how to gain back control. And the thing is, instead of looking at the big picture, and especially now people are kind of looking at the whole of the kind of December month, the whole of the Christmas period, is to, f- to narrow your eyes back down into the choice that's in front of you right now. So the next meal you'll have, the next lunch break you have at work, the next evening once your kids are in bed, the next time that you set your alarm for the morning, looking at each little small step that happens in your day and trying to take some control of those situations, is going to help you mentally feel a lot more in control of your own life. But you need to start the small stuff, not the big ticket stuff, not what you're going to be eating on Saturday night when you go out for a meal with your friends and you don't have control over the menu, but all the small little things before you even get there. And so things like Making sure that you set your alarm clock for a time tomorrow morning that's going to optimally help you. So you have control of that alarm. You set it half an hour before you know you need to be up. So you have an extra half an hour of time that you can do something that's going to help in line with your goals, make you feel better, make you feel more in control. So that then, when kind of that half an hour later happens and when you normally wake up, or maybe the kids wake up, or maybe you need to get to work you don't suddenly start spiralling out of control straight away. So you want to start every day feeling like you've had control of a situation. I said, and just setting your alarm clock can be a massive one there. The next thing I want you to really think about is a lot of control is also based on your confidence in the situation. Now, you only gain confidence through practice and repetition and stuff. So if you feel out of control, let's say when you go away, I know one of my clients has, on a weekend with some friends. And you don't have control in regards to kind of how you normally spend your day. You don't necessarily have control over all the foods that have been eaten. Um, You're out of location, you're away from home, all that kind of stuff. To get confident in that situation, because I'm sure this isn't going to be the first or last time you go on a weekend away, you need to practice things every time and learn from them. So it might be you go into a weekend away and you're like, right, I'm going to make sure that I take the food that I want to have for breakfast with me. So I'm not relying on trying to make choices when I'm there that I'm going to feel out of control on. I'm not relying on hoping that someone that I'm going with has made a choice that I'm going to be happy with. You control that situation from the start. You can you talk to your friends, you talk to your families and you kind of set the plan ahead. So I'm going to wait between Christmas and New Year with my family and I know that we're going to take some food with us. And I'm going to take my normal food that I have for breakfast because if I know right from the start of the day, I start the day as I normally would at home, I'm going to feel a lot more in control of that situation. So then if there is one or two meals later that day that I might be choosing off a menu that doesn't really hit everything I want in regards to my health or my nutrition goals, I know that I've already had one meal at the day that I have. I know that I'm going to make sure that I start every day by going out for a walk. Now, that walk might be five minutes, it might be 10 minutes, it might be half an hour, it might be an hour. That's probably going to have to flex to the situation, but I'm going to control the situation by going out for a walk. Now, if I do that and I manage to achieve that on one day or two days, that's going to give me the confidence that I can do it again. So the next time, the next day, the next time I go away, whenever it might be, (coughs) I've got the confidence in knowing that I can do that there's not a negative pushback it worked I felt good for it but you have to do the work to try to fail to try and succeed to get confident in knowing that mentally you can do something and physically you can do something but start everything small okay so don't go away for your weekend with your family and expect that every single meal you're going to have control over and every single meal you're going to be happy with the decision you make pull those expectations right back and start with these small little things that you can control even down to it we know you don't want to get caught up to kind of drinking endless amounts of alcohol every evening just take some drinks with you that can be an alternative so it's not just well why aren't you having another glass of wine you can actually know well, actually i'm going to have this drink that i brought because i actually want this drink instead and just set yourself up so it might be take some really nice teas or something with you so you can have a herbal tea um, instead of having an endless kind of glasses of wine. That sounds like I'm being really boring, and it's not boring. But equally, if you drink tea, you're not boring. But <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone there. But just knowing that you can go with some intentions that you can stick to, that you can get confident at that and doing, is really important. And this links as well to something that I did with uh, a lot of my coaching clients this week. I sent them an education session on learning the difference between responding to a situation and reacting to a situation. So, just to give you a little bit of an insight into it. So, responding is basically a, a, a pause where you think about what you're going to do. So, a situation occurs that you had no control over. You can either react to it, which is a very knee jerk thing where you don't pause to think about it. It's very emotional, it's based on kind of your previous experiences, the things that you've done before and you react very quickly, that might be something you do, something you say, something you feel, that reaction is going to happen. Responding is where you take a pause, and you look at the situation in front of you, and you think about what you want to gain as a best case scenario out of it, and you create a plan to how you get out of it. And If you want control in your life and you feel like you're losing control and that's obviously negatively impacting kind of how you're feeling and physically kind of the changes you're making in regards to your health and fitness, you have to learn to respond to situations, not just react to them. Responding takes time to practice, to get confident at, and you have to be open to thinking about situations. So I think one of the examples I used for my coaching um, session on this or that if someone thrusts a box of chocolates in your face, as often happens this time of year, whether it's at work or at a family member's house, or whatever it might be, is how do you deal with that? Because the reaction is probably going to be, okay, I'll have one. Um, and then maybe you end up having five because that's just what habitually you've always done before, it's what the social norm is, it's what you might deem as expected of you. And you're kind of in that panic mode, you've kind of got a choice of either saying yes and just taking one or having to say no and maybe explaining why. So that's the reaction. You just kind of take one, even if you might regret it later. Responding is actually, ideally, going into that situation, already knowing how you want to respond and having a plan of action. But even if you don't know the situation is going to arise, it's when that box of chocolates is put in front of you, you just take that time to pause. So either with the chocolates in your lap, or you actually take yourself away physically into maybe a different room, and you gather your thoughts and think about what do you want, are you happy eating these chocolates, do you want the chocolates, are you going to eat them because that's actually something you actually want to indulge in on this period, or are you having them out of peer pressure, out of that social norm, out of sheer panic, and thinking about it, and then again thinking about what you actually want as an outcome, what your goals are at the moment, what your values are at the moment, do you still want to work on your health and fitness goals, but actually you're quite happy to have one or two chocolates today because that's not going to derail you? Or are you happy to kind of really embrace the moment and have as many chocolates as you want? Or actually are your goals in regards to your health and fitness more of a priority for you at the moment than eating a chocolate that you might not like? And then you enter back into that reality situation with your plan in place to then overcome it. And you can use that approach across anything. So, you want to learn to respond to situations, not to react to them. And that might just be how you feel in situations. So, maybe if you overhear someone saying something, do you react to it, get angry, get upset? Or do you pause and think about it and think about why that scenario has happened, why that person might have said that, why that's making you feel as you are, and learning that actually you might want to confront that person in the moment and clarify what they said or maybe um, respond to how they said and kind of update them and maybe kind of clarify a few points. But you need to learn that rather than sitting with the emotion that might then make you feel sad or angry. You you deal with it by responding in an appropriate way. So they were the main things I wanted to touch on 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 controlling. Um, And the other thing I want to talk about on controlling is setting yourself promises that you do not go let go of so i like when clients talk about this thing called non-negotiable promises and stretch targets so when we're looking and planning ahead in regards to what we want to achieve for the week ahead you need to have a baseline expectation of yourself and this is these promises to yourself so no matter what you will do these baseline promises because if you promise yourself something you should never ever break it but you need to make sure it's a low enough entry promise that it is achievable then so that might be, let's look at nutrition. I'm going to eat one piece of fruit a day. And my aim is to have a breakfast every day. And that might seem ridiculous. Like we're all told we should eat five pieces of fruit a day. That's wonderful. And in a real world, yes, why not? But let's have a non-negotiable promise. I always have at least one piece of fruit a day. Because what that will do is keep you in the mindset of eating fruit. That will make sure you always keep buying fruit from the supermarket. Or make sure it's your health and your nutrition is always sitting at the forefront of your mind. That's why we make ourselves that promise. And I said, most of the promises I like to front load into the early part of the day. So then you go into the day already feeling on a high because you ticked that non-negotiable promise that you make yourself. Then you have these stretch targets where actually I want to overachieve from my non-negotiables. But there is a level of expectation that it's not always going to be achievable. And that's what stretch targets are for. So actually, from nutrition, it might be said, one piece of fruit is my non-negotiable fruit and vegetables at every meal throughout the day is my stretch target. That's what I aim for. But anywhere between those two things, you should be very pleased about. And that should let you go into the next day confident in yourself and feel like you're in control of your journey. It might be from a walking perspective, that every day you just make a promise that you put your walking boots on or your wellies on or your trainers on and you get outside for five minutes of fresh air. That's your non-negotiable. It doesn't matter whether that's the school run and it's ten minutes before the school run. It doesn't matter whether it's your lunch break. It doesn't matter whether it's about to go dark and you realise you've only got ten minutes late before the ten minutes left before the sun's about to set. You make sure you always get outside for at least five minutes. My stretch target might be I want 10,000 steps and again anywhere between those two things is going to be something that we succeed because I should I what I want to do for that non-negotiable target is keep myself in the habit of I go outside every day for some fresh air and I'm going outside for a walk the bit that's gonna flex is how long I can make that walk so it's like building that habit and constantly again keeping in my mind my health and fitness goals which is why I keep going out for that walk and keep going out for my mental health and knowing that the fresh air is gonna really help, but not setting my expectations so high that when I don't meet those expectations of like 10,000 sets a day, I don't then feel like a failure. Because feeling like a failure is a catalyst for doing more things that make you feel like a failure. Feeling like a success is a catalyst for making more successful choices. So, in a sense, what I really recommend you do, whether you're on a coaching program or you're just trying to make any positive change in life, is set yourself these non negotiable promises. That you do every day or every week, whatever the kind of the promise is, and you never, ever, ever break a promise to yourself. And then above that, think about where could I get to, what would make me feel absolutely amazing, what's going to be really help me progress towards my goals and use so much your stretch targets. Cool. Was there anything else? Oh, I have just found there's another question. Oh, silly me. Sorry, this is really impromptu. I've just turned over a bit of paper that's in front of me. So, the other thing I wanted to talk about that one of my clients has raised is in regards to um, when they've maybe been out on a social event and kind of either had a big meal or maybe in other situations, um, quite a lot of drinks, is trying to kind of break that habit of then coming home afterwards and maybe binge eating kind of some more snacks or some more quite high carbohydrate based foods. And then also the next day, feeling like you've been a bit of a vicious cycle of constantly wanting to eat more kind of carbohydrate based foods. And what I would say here is understand the theory and the science behind it. Because I think if you can understand what is happening to your body, you can then understand kind of a way of trying to fix it. So if you've gone out for a late night, and you've had a big meal, maybe later into the evening as well, you're, um, sleep-wake cycle is going to be thrown out if you're having a late night. Now, our ghrelin hormone, which is our hunger hormone, which basically says we need to eat, is very regulated by that sleep and awake cycle. So as soon as you've got a late night, your ghrelin levels are going to basically stay awake. So like, you never wake up at, I don't know, let's say 1am. I think, oh my God, I'm starving. I'm so hungry. But if you stay awake to 1am, you probably are going to be hungry because your body's awake and your ghrelin hormones are basically switched on and releasing that signal to your brain that you want to eat. So if you're already having a late night, your body's kind of going through this, this rhythm of sending out these ghrelin hormones saying it's time to eat, it's time to eat. That as well as knowing that obviously if you are awake for longer, you just have a bigger window of Eating time. So your body is you said is keeping going that kind of cycle rhythm of like every two or three or four hours your body kind of asking for food. You've got a bigger window of time that you're getting that kind of cycle. So understanding that is really important, but also then taking a step back and reflecting and going, okay, it's not my body necessarily it's it needs food, my energy requirements might not be that much more but I'm feeling hungry because I am still awake can be really empowering. And I quite often find myself at half past nine at night, literally thinking I want something to eat. I want something to eat. And do you know what I do? I take myself to bed. And funny enough, I wake up the next morning, no different. So I haven't gone to bed feeling so hungry. I can't sleep. I've just gone to bed to distract myself. And then once my body is asleep, it then doesn't have that hunger kind of need anymore. So understanding that's why you're hungry when you get home is really important because you just stayed up a lot later and also probably the type of food or drink that you might be consuming will probably be quite high in, ca- um, in carb- carbohydrates, which is our food group that's got sugars in it and our blood sugar levels can kind of drop and got my word, like spike over the meal and then drop quite considerably. So that need for food is often your body trying to regulate itself back up and get those um, blood sugar levels back to a normal position, which is why it's asking for food. But again, sleep will fix that for you. So I really would just try and use sleep as your coping mechanism there rather than staying up eating. Um, And then I'll say in regards to the next day, start that day like I talked about a moment ago on a positive. So you, after a big night of food or drink, Do not need a full English breakfast to make you feel better the next day. That is our social norm. That is our previous experiences that probably said, oh yeah, let's go and fill my belly. That will make me feel better. The likelihood is it's probably going to make you feel worse because your body actually needs nutrients. It doesn't need more carbohydrates. It doesn't need more salt in its food. It needs some nice, natural, unprocessed foods that are high in nutrient content. And that's what you can get if you actually eat your kind of normal breakfast, not something abnormal as well. Um, and then try to eat less and often throughout the day. Put nutrient-dense food at the top of your list and try to be active as early on on that day as possible. Get the blood flowing, get some fresh air in, try to go for a walk and nip it in the bud. So don't let one big meal or one big evening out roll into a two-day kind of in, eating and drinking fest. trying to bring your energy levels back up nip it in the bud, start your next day as normal, get out for some fresh air, and as I said, try to eat some nutrient-dense food, and you will recover a lot better than if you try to eat more carbohydrates and more salty food. Okay, I am going to wrap up there, because I have work to get to. Um, any questions, do give me a shout, otherwise uh, you can drop me a message, or just listen to the next podcast. Thanks so much everyone, bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast with me. I hope you find it really interesting with lots of take-home messages and knowledge to implement into your own journey so you can reach your own goals successfully. If you'd like any extra support, just please drop me a message or visit my webpage, improvefitness.co.uk to check out the full range of services i offer i will have a new eight week coaching program starting in the new year so please feel free to drop me a message now if you want to secure a space on that one our focus is all around fat loss and the behavioral and lifestyle changes to implement to help you not only receive your fat loss but also implement it and sustain it for the long term Outside of the fat loss coaching, I also do in-person personal training and a wide range of classes, helping local people in the East 7 area get fitter and stronger in a really enjoyable, fun environment as well. So if you have any questions, drop me a message, visit my website and I hope to work with you soon.